Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. If your roof starts to leak or your floors really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley, Grain, High Tools, and Leviton. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now. We're here to help. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We know you love it, but we know that you may consider your home a Money Pit because it needs constant care and feeding. We're here to help you do just that. We'll give you the tips, the advice that you need to get the projects around your home done quickly and efficiently. Hey, coming up on today's show, we've got the topic of dead car batteries to tackle. Why would we tackle a dead car battery story on the money pit? Well, because you keep it in your garage and that's usually where it sits when it dies. But there's a little device out on the market that we ran across recently at the National Hardware Show that we're going to tell you about that can recharge that battery and get it started again. But the cool thing is that this little device, Leslie, it's the size of an iPhone. It's not your iPhone, but it's the size of an iPhone and it can jumpstart your car. We'll tell you about it in just a bit. Yeah, this had to be one of the most impressive things that I saw sort of cross in front of us at the hardware show. So definitely worth sharing. And also, guys, you know, you might have your neighbor picking up your mail while you're away, but it might not be the only security measure that you need to take. Coming up, home safety tips so you can really relax and enjoy your vacation. And also ahead, you've seen it in magazines and on Pinterest boards. Why not make it yours? We're going to teach you how you can install a stunning accent wall made of salvaged wood or the lookalike peel and stick version. And with temperatures on the rise, it's only a matter of time before you be Become lunch or dinner or breakfast or snacks for mosquitoes, unless you are the winner of this hour's prize. That's right. No toxins, no chemicals. Terminex Bait and Kill Spray uses sugar bait to cut down on mosquito populations by as much as 90%. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win and try it yourself. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? All right, Jim in Tennessee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you? I have a uh, question about cleaning a driveway. It's probably sat here for 20 years. The house is about 20 years old. I don't know that it's ever been cleaned. So the dirt has just ground in. I have pressure washed one section of it, about 12 by 14 section. It took me almost two hours to get it clean. My question is, is there any kind of pre-treatment that I can put on that driveway that will make the pressure washing um, more efficient. Yeah, there are products that are designed specifically for cleaning concrete. For example, Quickcrete has a product called Cleaner Etcher and Degreaser. 
And it's available in one-gallon and five-gallon uh, jugs. I think it covers about 200 square feet per gallon. And you apply that onto the concrete. You brush it in. You let it sit. And it will start to really loosen up all of that deep grime. And then you could pressure wash after that. And it will hopefully make it a lot easier project. If you just um, Google Quick Crete Cleaner, you'll probably find it. Good deal. Good deal. Thank you very much. That helps a bunch. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Marion, Wisconsin, you've got the Money Pit. What can we help you with today? I'm redoing my basement and I'm wondering about flooring. Um, it has had a rubber backed carpet, which has been taken up, so we're down to the concrete, and I'm just wondering what would be a good thing to put back down on the floor there. So rubberback carpet was kind of popular at one point in time, but generally speaking, we don't recommend carpet for basements because they're so damp. You can build up a lot of uh, uh, of, of debris down there that can cause allergic reactions. You get dust mites and, and all that sort of thing that will nest in the carpet. So I would look to a smooth surface material. So your options might be laminate floor, which is beautiful. It could look like hardwood floor or tile. Um, it's made of different composite materials. It's it's very, very tough surface, and it floats. It doesn't. It's not glued down. It floats on top of the floor. Or you could choose a special type of hardwood floor called engineered hardwood. Now, solid hardwood would not be recommended for a basement because it's too moist, but engineered is made up of different layers of hardwood. It kind of looks like the guts of it kind of look like plywood, but the surface, it looks like a regular hardwood floor. You can't really tell the difference once it's down. And I think that would be a good option as well. Um, I really like the carpet down there. <laughs> Use area rugs. You're just going to be sad. It's just going to cause a lot of problems. It's going to make you feel yucky. It's going to feel damp down there. And it's a very dated look today, too. I mean, things have changed in terms of decor. And I, I think the solid surface uh, of a laminate floor or an engineered hardwood floor would, would be much more um, common today. Is there something feasible in a price range, though? Yeah, I mean, laminate floor is really affordable. You, you can get that for as little as maybe four bucks a square foot. Yeah, you know what? Go online. I've seen laminate flooring just south of $2 a square foot. So there's really some great options that are very affordable out there. Okay, thank you. Mary, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We want to give you a hand. We want to find out what you're working on. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, are you counting down the days until vacation? Well, an intruder might be too. We've got tips for keeping your house secure while you're gone. It's different than it used to be. We'll tell you what you need to know when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Money Pit is presented by Hire, the world's number one appliance brand and a leader in air quality solutions. 
Hire is a new kind of appliance brand focused on home solutions designed for each stage of the emerging consumer's life. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, temperatures are up, and so are the odds that you'll be scratching mosquito bites on your ankles and arms any day now. Or maybe not. Finally, Mother Nature and Science are on the same page with a chemical-free sugar bait that cuts down mosquito populations by 90%. It's called Terminex All Clear Mosquito Bait and Kill Spray. Learn more about how it works at baitandkill.com. And one lucky caller this hour gets to experience the relief for themselves. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question. And maybe you will be receiving the Terminex All Clear Mosquito Bait and Kill Spray. Going out to one caller, drawn at random, make it you. All right, now we're heading over to Minnesota where Mike has some issues keeping his shingles on the roof. What's going on? Uh, Since we added on, actually rebuilt uh, an attached garage to the side of our house, um, I, I've got a different kind of shingle on there. The ones on the two-and-a-half-story uh, home itself were not worn out, and so I just left them. They're the, uh, the interlock-type shingles. Okay. And I haven't had – I put those on originally because we're kind of out in the country, and we live in a very windy uh, part of the country. Right, yeah, and I bet they stayed They stayed in really good shape because they were completely locked down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. The interlocks I've had no problems with, but we put the – Sculpted uh, regular uh, asphalt shingles on the new uh, garage area, and mm-hmm. I know they're supposed to seal down with the tar strip and all that kind of stuff that's underneath them. But we get high winds, and almost every time we get this uh, windstorm out of the northwest, uh, up to forty mile an hour winds, I get a few shingles that blow off. And I've been oh, up yeah. there so many times, na- renailing, retarring, replacing shingles, and all that, and. And I can't find the the interlock shingles in our area anymore. And so the person that did the roofing for me last time used these regular ones. I was I was nervous about them then because I was afraid they weren't going to hold up to the wind that we get. And I just didn't know if you had any suggestions. Well, at this point, the shingles are already down. So, I mean, if you were to replace that roof, there are shingles that are specifically designed for storm prone areas, hurricane areas, and that sort of thing that can stand winds up to up and over 100 miles an hour. A typical shingle is not. Now, when you put the shingles on, also seems to make an effect, have a difference. If you put the shingles on in the spring and they had a good long summer to seal down, that seems to last a lot longer than if you put them in on the winter and they never quite got the chance to seal until the following summer. Um, one thing that you could do now, you may already be doing it, is are you putting dabs of asphalt roof cement underneath the shingles? I haven't, I haven't been up there and done that to every one of them, but I've, yeah. I've done a number of them myself in the areas where they seem to, to want to uh, take the worst beating and to be up there and put a, a, a you know, a dollop of asphalt. Uh, tar or, or, or shingle cement or whatever under ever, under every one of them. No, I haven't done that yet. Does that work? Do the ones that you've cemented still peel off? No, I think those typically stay. But I usually yeah. put another nail or two in them too, and then and then put the tar over the head of the nail to make sure that that. Yeah, not the best technique, but okay. So all, all I can suggest at this point is to put dabs of asphalt cement under the shingle tabs or just keep replacing them. But if it comes time to, to actually re-roof, you want to use a high wind-resistant shingle. It's a specific type of shingle that, that will last to over 100 mile an hour. Is that, is that 
I mean, is there a generic? Is that just a generic name? Is this a high uh, a high wind resistant shingle, or what? Is there a, is there a title? They're available from different manufacturers, but for example, Owens Corning has one that's called Duration Storm, and the Duration Storm shingles are warranted up to 130 miles per hour with only four nails per shingle. So that just so you know that these products do exist, but what you bought was just a typical roof shingle, and that's obviously not going to stand up to the kind of wind that you have. But if you use a wind-resistant shingle with that kind of warranty, it's built differently. You know, there's more layers of material, so the shingles don't tear off. Uh, the adhesive is different, so it really grips tightly and holds it together. Yeah, I was going to ask. It was extra thick or something compared to a standard shingle. Yeah. yeah. It's a different type of shingle. It's it's designed specifically for high winds. We see them a lot uh, in our part of the country on the shore where, where homes are subjected to really high winds off the ocean. Um, but they'll work anywhere. I suppose those would be a special order for my uh, home building center, huh? It may be. They may be, but, but it'll be worth it. Oh, I appreciate the advice. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, most of us will take some sort of vacation this summer, and you shouldn't have to spend it wondering whether your empty house is safe. Yeah, we all know the textbook ways that you keep intruders away, like have your neighbor pick up the mail in the newspapers. But serious intruders are on to those moves, which means it's time that we have to up our game on home security. And one of the most effective steps to keeping your home safe is also one of the hardest. Don't announce your vacation on social media or even post pictures until you're home. This is a must, even if your social media account is private. And the same goes for your out-of-office message at work. Yeah, and you know what, guys? You'd be really surprised at how quickly an empty house looks empty. So you want to time your lights, maybe even put the TV on and other electronics on timers so that they're going to turn off and on throughout the day at different times. You know, it's really more effective than leaving your lights on around the clock, which is another telltale sign that you're not there. And finally, nix that spare key you keep under a rock or under a mat, give it to a trusted friend or neighbor instead. An intruder who knows your way has plenty of time to figure out your go-to hiding spot. Heading to Tennessee, and apparently so are the moles, to Kim's yard. What's going on? <laughs> yes, I'm trying to get rid of these moles in my yard. Please help me. Well, one of the ways to get rid of moles in your yard is to not make your yard quite so attractive by getting rid of the grubs that are in your lawn. Moles are usually there because there's plenty of food. And so if you used a product like GrubX, to get rid of the grub, that's the grubs. These are little white, juicy insects that moles just love. And if you get rid of the grubs, then the moles will find a new place to eat. But if there's plenty of grubs, there's plenty of food, they're going to stay in your yard. Does that make sense? All right. Well, good. Thank you so much. I'll try the grub it. All right. We've got Jerry in Massachusetts on the line who needs some help cleaning the basement. What can we do for you? Um, I've got some efflorescence on the uh, cement walls in the basement. For years, I, I, when I built the house, I didn't put gutters up. I had overhangs, and uh, then it started developing. Somebody told me, hey, it's because you don't have any gutters. So I put them up right away, and uh, it didn't get any worse, but I'd like to clean that white efflorescence off. And I didn't want to use muriatic acid. No, you don't need that at all. It's really simple. First of all, the uh, the stains that you have, the efflorescence is just lime. It's mineral deposits that are left over when water comes through the wall and evaporates. So what you can simply do is brush that off as much as you can. Uh, you can use a stiff, a stiff like a wall brush for that. And then just use water and white vinegar together, hot water and white vinegar. Vinegar will melt the salts. Do I have to rinse it down after? 
Eh, no, only if you don't want your house to smell like a salad. <laughs> well, I'm not that, worried about that, but white vinegar can do it. Yeah, white vinegar does it. It'll melt the salts. It's a really good solution. Oh, I thought that, but I just wanted to check with you guys first. Yeah. You buy it by the gallon, you mix it with some hot water, and just you know brush it down. I'll try that. should work. Right. Thanks very much. All right. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, Kay's on the line now, and she needs some help painting a door. Kay, tell us about your project. Yeah, and I listen to you every week you're on. Well, thank you so much. I wanted to paint my uh, wood door. It's a very old wood door, and um, we lived here since 69, and um, I'm trying to keep it original. It's red now. Okay. Uh, My husband painted it uh, only one coat. And I think it was blue. Okay. It needs another coat to make it real red, but I want to paint it white. Well, I mean, the color is a personal preference. So uh, to paint this door, the best thing to do is to take it off of the hinges and lay it flat on a couple of sawhorses. And then you want to sand the old surface. Uh, You want to make sure you get rid of any flaking paint, any cracked paint, because you can't put good paint over bad paint. you got to get all that stuff off. It's not cracking or anything. It's smooth as can be. All right, so then he he must have done a great job when he painted it last time. He did. He sanded it down to um, the wood. It was all, you know, original wood, so it's really smooth. That's why I wasn't sure, and I don't know if I can get the paint off, like, you know, and I didn't want to scrape it. Well, I don't think you have to take all the old paint off. If it's adhering well, then you're good to go on it. So sand it down, and then I would recommend that you put a coat of primer on, because this will make sure that the new paint adheres as well as the old paint did. Primer's kind of the glue that makes the paint stick, so put the primer on. Well, kills work, because i got to get on the kills. It'll work fine, yep. You put the kills on, let it dry, and then you could put your top coat on that. To sand it, what do I have to do, knock the sheen off? Yeah, knock the sheen off, exactly right. You don't have to sand it down to the raw wood, but you have to you know, get that sheen off. So a medium grit, like 100, 100 grit sandpaper would work really well, okay? Okay. All right, we're going to talk decks and how to keep them beautiful with John in North Carolina. What can we do for you? Well, we decided to take unused space and turn it into a deck, so we spent about four months. We toyed with treks and pressure-treated and settled on cedar, and it looked absolutely gorgeous. We put a, a Cabot SPF stain on it, and uh, that was we finished last September. Uh, this spring, we look out the window, and it's like kind of whitish, it's not the honey color. It's like a western cedar is what we have. But uh, so I got with Cabot, and you know they were very surprised. I guess they're going to work something out with us. But is there something, either a stain or a, uh, I'm thinking like a polyurethane or something that's specific for cedar? It seems to be an unusual kind of wood. It's not that unusual. I mean, basically, what you want to do is you're going to want to prime it first. And then you're going to cover it with a solid color stain. If you use a semi-transparent stain, you'll you may see more of the grain. You'll still see it through solid color, but you don't have as much um, as as much pigment in it, so it doesn't last quite as long. But if the side, if the deck is is uh, primed first, and w- when I prime cedar, I use an oil-based primer, and then on top of that, um, I'll use a solid color stain, and it can last a really really long time. Well, the only thing is we didn't want to do the solid color because 
the cedar looks so beautiful. Yeah, I get that. But the thing is, you're not going to preserve that natural color. Eventually, it's going to fade to gray. You may not want to do it now, but you will do it eventually. <laughs> it's going to happen with you or without you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all go gray, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate it very much. All right, John. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Coming up, it's supposed to be a peaceful hobby, but gardening accidents cause more than 70,000 accidents each year. We want to make sure that you are not one of them. We'll share some info when the Money Pit continues. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Money Pit is brought to you by grain-engineered shaken shingle siding from the Tapco Group. Contractors can now offer homeowners the charm of natural cedar with none of the maintenance. Visit grain.com or ask your pro today. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, what do-it-yourselfer doesn't love a good power tool? I know I do, but using power tools safely is key. Yeah, so here to give us some good advice on how to use our tools safely, we've got John Drangenberg from the Consumer Safety Director for the Underwriters Laboratory to help us stay safe. Welcome, John. Well, it's nice to be with you all again. So, John, power tools are fun. They can help us get a a lot of projects done, but so many, so many times folks don't follow the basic safety guidelines that are provided by the manufacturers. They do things like taking the guards off. Uh, they set blade depth way too deep, and they make it a very dangerous experience for themselves and those around it. How do we stay safe when using our power tools? Well, you know, you're, you're absolutely correct. Over 90,000 people make hospital emergency room visits every year because of injuries with power tools. And one of the first things you can do is, is make sure that you use the right tool for the job. Getting up in a tree with a circular saw is not at all what it was designed for. You could have all kinds of problems. That's where you need a chainsaw if you're going to do tree branches and logs. So use the right tool for the job and make sure you're wearing some safety equipment. Having uh, safety glasses on is a great idea because sawdust does fly, wood chips fly very often, and you want to protect your eyes for sure, even your hands. And uh, there's all kinds of different body protection that you can buy uh, are a good idea. So it's something that uh, we all do, and you're so right, it really gets things done more quickly. But taking a guard off is never a good idea. You mentioned that, and it's true. And you know, Tom, it happens all the time. We get reports of people doing things like um, trying to take the guard off because they can get it uh, closer to the wall or something of that type. And um, if you have to do that, put it back on immediately. When is somebody going to invent a table saw where the guard doesn't get in your way? (laughs) You know, that's the guard I think is removed most commonly. Almost all pros do it because they really want to see where the blade is as it's cutting. And yet it's dangerous. Well, that's true. And uh, we know that uh, table saws do have guards and sometimes it gets in the way of, of the project that you're trying to cut. 
And uh, the reality is um, you can take them off if necessary to make certain cuts, but put them right back on because uh, the injuries with power saws, that that number that I mentioned earlier, is uh, usually very serious types of injuries that that are seen. And um, with power saws, you, you can hurt yourself much more severely than even with a hammer when you hit your thumb. What would you say is the most dangerous tool in America? Well, what, what, what reports the most number of injuries? Is it power saw or is it something else? Well, I don't have any statistic that breaks it down that carefully, but we know that there are thousands and thousands of uh, injuries uh, with, with power tools and um, power saws. And we hear a lot about miter saws being um, being very um, much involved in many of these incidents. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, tools sometimes operate in a bizarre kind of way. Things get jammed up, something gets stuck, the power stops, something, and you'll get kickback or something will happen kind of in a funny way. How can you be prepared, especially if you've never had that happen to you before, so you know where to get your hands, where to get your face out of the way, you know, to keep yourself safe? Well, a good question, and there, there are several things you can do. One is you can wear protective clothing, certainly protective uh, eyeglasses, uh, something of that type would, would help. But also, when you're making a cut, let's say it's a, it's a circular saw and you're cutting a piece of plywood, you don't want that blade in there too deeply. All you need is, is a little bit of it uh, coming out uh, the other side, and that's usually an eighth or a quarter of an inch. Uh, that will help... Uh, keep you from getting kickback. And what happens with kickback is that the piece you're cutting actually starts binding and acting like a, a break, a disc break on the, on the circular saw. And it keeps the saw from, from moving the way it should. And the saw will ultimately kick back and even kick out of the cut and uh, jump up from that cut and, and come toward you. And that's a very dangerous thing to have the saw come toward you. So you want to make sure that you keep the cut as shallow as possible and yet do the job. You want to make sure that uh, you know if you're hearing that the speed is changing or it's starting to squeal a little bit, that's the first sign that you're going to get a kickback from that saw. And the thing to do then is to make sure you turn the saw off, get your finger off that button, and let it stop before you even try to pull it out of that cut. Yeah, great advice. You know, um, I spent years as a uh, shop teacher before I got into home improvement radio, and I could tell what was going on in my shop even with my back turned to where the tool was being operated just by, based on the sound. You talk about those squeals. You know, if, you're, if your tool is making noise, you're not using it right. And by the way, a sharp blade is a safe blade. When your blades get dull, that's when you put too much pressure onto the tool. You really lean into it. It makes that noise of complaints, and you can have some very serious consequences. So always work sharp, always work smart, and always wear eye and ear protection. You have a lot of good experience, and, and those are all very true. you you got to listen for those things and know what's going on with your saw. John Drangenberg, the Consumer Safety Director for Underwriters Laboratories. Great advice. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit and keeping us safe with our tools. Take care and stay safe. If you'd like more information on how to stay safe with the tools in your home, go to ul.com slash newsroom. All right. Well, let's say goodbye to those clunky jumper cables and scary pleas for help. Please, my car needs a jump. We've got a new device that's smaller than an iPhone. All right. I'm going to say it's smaller than an iPhone 6 because (laughs) it's bigger than my iPhone, but smaller than an iPhone 6. And it gets your car's battery backup and running quickly easily and get this without another car's juice. We're going to tell you all about it when the Money Pit continues. You live in a Money Pit.
The Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Learn how to help improve your home's electrical safety at GetSafeToday.com. And be sure to enter their June Safety Products Giveaway. That's GetSafeToday.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, you probably have tried everything, but you're still getting eaten alive by mosquitoes every year. Well, relief is on the way for one lucky caller. Yeah, move over, chemicals. Terminix All Clear Mosquito Bait and Kill Spray uses non-toxic sugar bait to cut down mosquito populations by as much as 90%. Check out baitandkill.com and call us right now for your chance to win. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Jim in Pennsylvania is on the line with the Money Pit and needs help with the tiling project. What can we do for you? We live in central Pennsylvania, but my wife and I just bought a house out in Arizona for our retirement. And uh, the house has uh, all travertine tile in it, except for the living room and a couple in the master bedroom. So we don't really know anything about how to care for it. But my, when we were there the last time, uh, this past uh, time to, uh, to set things up, my wife commented on uh, how the tile looks so dull and everything. So we were wondering, um, you know, if, if you folks would have a recommendation as far as we, whether we should have it refurbished or just have it cleaned, and if so, you know, what we should use on travertine tiles. Because I'm pretty sure you can't get specific products you shouldn't use. So we just needed some recommendations. Jim, you're right. You do need to use products that are specifically designed for the material that you're cleaning, which in this case is travertine. There's a good website that has a number of these products all together. It's called StoneCare.com, and the product there that I've used is called Marblex, M-A-R-B-A-L-L-E-X. And Marblex is designed specifically for travertine, and it's basically a streak-free product uh, that is going to do a good job of cleaning it without staining it further. Yeah, or damaging it. Some of the products can pit it, so you have to be really careful. Yeah, like I said, we, my wife knows that it just kind of looked dull. So this, the house was built in 2005, so it's not an older you know, it's a relatively newer house, but the tile does look dull even to me. So we were, we're not exactly sure how it's supposed to look because, like I said, this is our first experience with travertine tile. But um, the floors do look somewhat dull, so we didn't know whether we should have it, you know, refurbished with that, you know, with those buffing compounds and stuff or whether it just needs a good cleaning. Well, I would give it a good cleaning and do, do, do as much yourself as you can. You know, there are cleaners and polishers that you can apply yourself. Of course, you know, if you have a professional come in, it could they could really do a great job and you know, stay with you a little bit longer. I don't see any reason why you might not want to try it yourself. Yeah, well, we'll give it a shot. Like I said, I was looking for a product, and you gave me one Marblex, you said? Is that what it is? Marblex, yeah. It's on StoneCare.com. It may be elsewhere, but I know it exists on that website. Very cool. Very cool. By the way, I, I, I listen to your show every every Saturday morning on my long walk, so not only am I getting great advice, but I'm getting... Getting in shape to your show, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> great. So, yeah. Glad you're taking us with kudos you. Kudos to you guys. But you got a really great show. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Well, technology's changed a lot of things over the past few decades, but some things still seem a little stuck in the past. I'm talking to you, jumper cables. That's so true. A dead battery has always meant clunky cables and flagging down another car for help, but that's finally changing. There's a new device on the market from Westinghouse that lets you jump a dead car battery much more easily and all on your own with a device that's smaller than an iPhone. Yeah, it's called the Westinghouse Auto Jump and Power Mobile Kit, and it does a lot more than just bring your car back to life. We talked to Jerry Flippo from Westinghouse all about it. 
It's a built-in power bank. Okay. So there's a, a battery system that basically stores energy and power, and you can reuse it. You can recharge it back through your a USB cable, through your cigarette lighter, through your home or whatever. How long does it take to recharge? It takes less than an hour. Wow. And one full charge on this will jumpstart your car once? Many, many times. Several, several really? times. So, so I can jumpstart my car, charge also, my phone. Yeah, as I say, um, you know. You can send you out in calls and you can make some extra cash by going and, you know, jumpstarting go. down the road. <laughs> Jeez Louise. So, yeah, you could really charge up anything with right. this thing, huh? Yeah, you can charge up anything, anything that has a USB huh. cable. Um, plenty of power stored. The Westinghouse brand, we all know, is a very, very, mm -hmm. very good brand. We, uh, we manufacture to a high, very high standard, so you don't have to worry about any safety you know, issues with the product whatsoever. And you can listen to the entire interview in the Top Products podcast section at moneypit.com. The Westinghouse Auto Jump and Power Mobile Kit hits the market soon for just 99 bucks, a small price for all that peace of mind. Now we're heading to North Carolina where Fred's on the line with a humidity problem. How can we help you? I've got two daughters who I think live in our bathroom, <laughs> constantly taking showers, which is, I guess, a good problem to have. But I, I'm starting to smell mold and stuff in the house. I think it's tied to that. Um, and before I even get into it, I figured I'd do the smart thing and call you guys. Well, you know, bathrooms are sources of enormous humidity during those showers, those extended showers. Do you have a bathroom fan? Do you have a ceiling fan? I do, but it's ancient. Okay. Well, it should still work even if it's ancient. So here's a couple of things that you can do. Um, first of all, make sure it's working. Make sure it's vented outside. That's important. Secondly, it's a good idea to run it for a good 10 or 15 minutes after the shower is completed and after you leave the room. There's actually a switch that can do that for you. It's made by Leviton. And it's a humidity sensor and fan control. And essentially the way it works is it does just that. It senses the humidity level inside the room and will automatically turn it off when the humidity goes down. Because if you can reduce the amount of moisture that's staying in that bathroom, you will dramatically reduce the amount of mold growth that you're getting on tile and other places. So I would suggest that you check the fan to make sure it's functional and operational, that you replace the light switch or the fan switch with the humidity sensor and fan control from Leviton. And then give your bathroom a good clean to get rid of all the debris and mold that might be there now. And I think you'll see a dramatic difference because without that moisture sitting around for those long periods of time, you're just not going to have the same issues. And you know what, Fred, if this is a project you want to tackle yourself, but you're a little unsure, if you head on over to Leviton's website, right on the page with the humidity sensor and fan control, you'll find an installation video that'll talk you right through it. Uh, okay, well, that's why I call the experts. Well, if you're looking for that one home design detail that's going to have your guests talking for years to come, we have got it. An accent wall that you cover completely in salvaged wood. We're going to tell you how you can add one to your home. It is the perfect weekend project when the Money Pit continues. You live in a Money Pit. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Money Pit is brought to you by QuickCrete. It's what America's made of. For project help, 
from start to finish. Download the new Quick Crete mobile app. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Foot traffic in and out of your house is one of the charms of summer, but to keep energy costs down, you want your patio door to do the job right when it's closed. Head on over to moneypit.com and search patio door purchase tips to find the most efficient patio doors that will keep air in and keep energy costs down year round. It's all online at moneypit.com. Just search patio door purchase tips. All right. And post your questions just like Joe did. We'd love to give you guys a hand. So Joe writes, how do you cut those small one half inch glass tiles that you put on a kitchen backsplash? Ah, that's a great project for a weekend and you can really express creativity with those glass tiles or perhaps just having the satisfaction of knowing you cut them yourself. So for starters, what you want to do is be careful with the backsplash layout you choose. You want to end up with as few partial tiles as possible. Try to keep those cut tiles to inside corners where the rough edge won't be as obvious as they might be on the outside. Now to cut them, it's very easy. You need a little tool called a tile nipper. It's like a plier-like device that scores the tile and then cuts it along those score lines. There's a great glass tile nipper for just 12 bucks at Home Depot, along with a video tutorial showing you exactly how to use it. Yeah, and you know what with glass tiles? I mean, they come in so many beautiful color combinations, so many sort of degrees of opacity and different textures within the glass that it gives you a lot of great opportunities to be super creative in your backsplash design. So you can get really sort of into your design head and figure out an interesting layout or maybe a pattern or some sort of graphic design detail, or you can go simple and pick one beautiful tile and go with it for the entire backsplash. But it's your design, and you've got a great opportunity to create it with those glass tiles. Well, when it gets too hot to head outside, tackling a project that lets you bring the outdoors in for years to come is a great idea. And one of those projects might be to install a reclaimed wood wall. That's the topic of this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put down those paint swatches. I know you're struggling. You got a lot of them. You can't figure out what to do. Just get rid of them. The hottest new trend in design has homeowners covering their walls, not in paint, but in panels of salvaged wood. A reclaimed wood accent wall is not just going to get you compliments and a warm weather look all year long. It's actually very earth friendly, too. Now, this is a job that you can hire out or you can do it yourself. If you go ahead and take the DIY route, you want to select planks or panels from salvage yards or, you know, specialty buyers or even from manufacturers getting on the trend by selling planks specifically for this purpose. Some are even peel and stick. But what you need to do is carefully remove any nails or other metal and sand the wood if you need to. It really depends on where you're placing this wall, who's going to come in contact to it, how much you want to sort of change the look of the wood. I mean, you don't want to plane it down by any means, but you do want to sand it a bit just to think about you know, what the finished product is going to look like. Next, you want to use a saw to cut the boards to size. Now, inside your house, you want to remove the trim from the wall that you plan to cover and then attach the planks using a level and construction adhesive. You can support each plank with a few nails once the adhesive is dry. Now, if you use authentic salvaged wood, you might want to consider sealing it afterwards so that you avoid splinters or even the chance for that wood perhaps containing chemicals and sort of off-gassing into your house. So think about it 
choose your wood pieces very carefully. It's actually a lot of fun to head to a salvage yard. You'd be surprised at the amazing and beautiful pieces of lumber that you can get. You might also be surprised at the price tag, but shop around and you'll find some great choices. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, different types of siding call for different degrees of upkeep. That's why picking the right one isn't just about appearance. We'll have tips on how you can choose the best siding for you and your home on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.